The first reading is from the 16th chapter of Exodus. The whole congregation of Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us into this wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people should go out and gather enough for the day. And that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israelites, they looked towards the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. The word of the Lord. Themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, 
looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. left over. 
As Jesus retreated further away from the now saved crowds and his disciples sailed back across the lake with Jesus miraculously following on foot, the multitudes were left with a burning question. They gave quick chase. And this is where we pick up today. The people have once again pressed in around our Lord and the disciples. And the people want to know what all this means. For Jesus' audience that day, the miraculous sign is overflowing with symbolism. It was certainly miraculous in its own right. Who among us wouldn't follow after the person who is able to feed so many with so little? But it is also laden with connections to Israel's past. Recall, if you will, the Old Testament reading from last week. Elisha, the prophet, fed a hundred people with only 20 loaves of bread. That alone is worth paying attention to. And the prophet's assistant griped, much like Philip and Andrew, that there was no way so little food would be enough for so many people. But sure enough, there was such a feast that they even had some leftovers. And think of this week's reading from the Old Testament. As the Hebrews wander in the wilderness, they face starvation. A few of the more stubborn-minded among them complain that they would rather live their entire lives as slaves in Egypt than starve to death in the desert. For at least in slavery, they had plenty of bread and Flesh pots, a wonderfully crass word for dishes of meat. Again, the Lord hears the people's cry. The one who is called I Am promises to send quail in the evening and bread in the morning. When God delivers on this divine promise, there's this almost comedic scene at the end. The Hebrews wake up. And they see the bread on the ground and they, they pick it up and they kind of look at it. What is this? What, what is it? Smell. You, you go first. You try it. Okay, I'll try it. <laughs> Moses has to treat them kind of like a picky eater. People, it's it's the bread that God promised. What do you think? Try it. You'll like it. And in my mind's eye, I, I sort of see the people sniffing at it and cautiously licking the wafer before they take that first trepidatious bite. And like those old cereal commercials, exclaim, Hey, Moses, he likes it. <laughs> These two stories and many more besides have to be running through the people's minds. There is a long history of God providing food for the hungry, starting in the beginning with creation itself. This is a theme that the Blessed Virgin picks up in her canticle of praise, the Magnificat, 
saying, You have filled the hungry with good things, and the rich you have sent away empty. And the people had just been the recipients of such a miracle. So of course they wanted more. Of course they're going to follow this teacher. In Jesus, the crowd has found one who works wonders like the prophets. They've found one who is greater than Elisha. They have found one who is greater even than Moses, the liberator, the lawgiver, the one who they think has given them manna. Elisha fed many with very little. Jesus fed more with less. Christ fed them, and before they knew it, like Moses ascending Mount Sinai, Jesus is retreating up the mountain and then setting off across the sea. The people were left to realize, here is a prophet like Moses and Elisha. Here is one with authority. Here is one who can feed us. We have to go find him. We have to ask what this all means. When Jesus meets the crowd, though, he sees through them. I know what you're up to. I know you're just here for the food. You've come all this way for food that will mold and rot. Instead, seek food that will feed you for eternity. The manna from heaven lasted but a short time. The Hebrews were instructed to gather enough only for a single day. Just enough so that at the end of the day it was gone. An act of faith that God would provide more. If they kept any overnight, just one night, they would wake up the next morning to find it moldy and run through with insects. The exception was the Sabbath when they would gather enough food on Friday to last through the day of rest so that they wouldn't have to labor. Those who tried to gather up as much as they could, those who doubted, those who tried to stock up while the getting was good, were treated to a rude surprise the next morning when they woke up to find jars of spoiled food and maggots. And that food that Elisha prepared Assuming that it was like the loaves of bread I've made, or perhaps the sourdough that some of y'all tried to get going during the pandemic, the leftovers lasted maybe a few days. Even with modern refrigeration and preservatives, bread doesn't keep forever. Contrary to popular belief, even Twinkies have expiration dates. And I would wager that we've all experienced the annoyance of thinking, oh, I know, some bread and cheese would be great right now. And you've been careful. You got good fresh bread, and you put it in a Ziploc bag, and put that in the fridge, and you go to get it out, and it was fine yesterday, and now it's covered with green and black fuzz. Jesus is promising something even greater than any of the prophets. Bread that does not perish. 
and the crowd goes wild. Just like the woman at the well who wants living water that quenches thirst for all time, the crowd hungers for this infinitely satisfying, immaculately preserved bread. They want to know where they can get this heavenly bread that does not rot, this food that endures for eternal life. It's an obvious question to ask. Because when someone tells you about an amazing restaurant, you make sure to get the name, right? And when the person who's just fed an ancient city's worth of people with a few scant provisions promises eternal food, you definitely want to know which market he's shopping at. The sign of the feeding of the 5,000 points backwards to the prophets and their miraculous deeds when God sent abundant provision to feed the children of Israel. And the crowd gets that. They've eaten their fill the same way their ancestors did. But the feeding of the 5,000 also points forward to a new kingdom coming into this world, to a time when both physical and spiritual hunger are abolished. And they point forward to a different kind of bread. This new bread is unlike anything that's come before it. Different from the manna and the wilderness. Different from the wondrous loaves Elisha made. Different even from the sign we saw last week. As the crowd pushes in around Jesus, asking for the bread of life, they're looking for something they've seen before. And then our Lord says, I am the bread of life. And this is not anything anyone had seen before. They wanted food to sustain them for a lifetime. Christ is bread to sustain humanity for all time. They are looking for bread which will not perish. Christ is the person who does not perish. They wanted God to provide, and Christ is the one who provides, and Christ is that very heavenly bread provided. In the Old Testament lectures, we saw God provide for Israel's every need. Last week, we saw Christ provide more than the people needed. But this week, Jesus gives a glimpse of his true identity. He is the one who is called I Am, and his miraculous provision is but a foretaste of his divine identity. Dear ones, we want God to provide. Bread, quail, fish, wine, food for the hungry. We pray for God to send healing, peace, liberation, calm in the storm. But God provides more than we could ever ask for. God sends us God's self. Jesus, the Christ, the only begotten Son. We ask for creations, and God sends the one through whom all things were created. We ask for things that are perishing, and God sends us imperishable life itself. The one who poured out power upon the prophets, the one who fed the multitudes, the very bread of life comes to us, even today, here on this altar. Here, at the table, Christ invites us to join in the feast, to receive the body of Christ. 
So, my beloved, come to the feast. Come with hands open and receive the true bread of heaven, the bread which does not perish but endures for eternal life. Receive so much more than we could ever ask for. Receive the grace that sustains the world. Receive the forgiveness of sin. Receive life. Receive salvation. Receive your Lord through whom all things were made. Come to the feast and receive the one who is called I Am. Amen.